Look, we are back with episode two. Patrick, I think we've got a name. We do. Well, what have you decided? Do you like a GM's view or the GM's view? I think you kind of like a GM's yeah, view. Yeah, like a GM's view. All right, well, that's what it's called. So welcome. So when I'm replaced, it could be anybody. <laughs> it's the next GM's? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or we could Kyle, just, Kyle, get in here. We could just move it market to market. <laughs> okay, all right, great. Already hey, franchising. We, you know what? We could syndicate it, so that's good. That's a good idea, yeah. Are there other interesting Fox GM's across the country? Of course. Really? Who? <laughs> name, names, name, names. <laughs> uh, look, you guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Patrick Polini, who is the GM of Fox 5 DC. I'm Sarah Frazier. I've been a longtime contributor here. Patrick and I have been friends, and Patrick wanted to launch this great podcast to essentially, um, I think, just have some weekly discussions about news and pop culture. And Patrick has some strong views that we all know him here for on his Twitter. And now he gets to bring them straight to the microphone. Yes, taking a risk here. Every week. <laughs> every, every week. It's getting more comfortable. At least you though. know I'm not risk adverse. Yeah, no, not at all. No. You don't say anything. You're not even no, near the line yet. I did, please. You know, as I put, yet. <laughs> we'll yeah, you'll get we'll me to e- say something. We'll ease into it. The good thing is they're not live, so. Yeah, we can always edit. Um, anyway, it's been an interesting week. Lots going on politically. What? But by the way, and what a lot of people may or may not know about you, is you're really known for your running. Yes. Well, you are I don't know if I'm known for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not really? Okay. I haven't really won any races. I run a lot. Well, but for the past, what, almost seven, eight months, you've kind of been on this campaign. You're running yeah. how many? So I'm uh, running eight races to raise money for uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And uh, I'm the chair of the local chapter here. And uh, I think I'm up to almost 25,000. 20? That's amazing. Yeah. And how many races so far? So uh, five, three left. So I have one this weekend, actually, the Myrtle Beach Half Marathon, and then the uh, Army, um, I'm sorry, the Cherry Blossom 10 Miler, okay. and then I'm doing a full marathon in Nashville on April 28th. Full ma- And the full marathon is how many miles? 26.2. 26.2. That's unbelievable. And actually, and I, you told me this, that you actually run without music? Yeah, I can't stand running without music. That's, I, don't it's, you get bored? No. You just get to think about a lot of things. All kidding is a report came out this week actually and said that running is one of the greatest stress relievers of all time. Oh my god, I got to get moving. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you just I just think and run and I used to run the music a long time ago and it was just it screwed up my pace. I heard the same song seven times because I only had like a library of six songs. (laughs) So so maybe that was the problem. Yeah, we got to load you up with new music. Yeah. Yeah, I literally, I think I had like three songs. Now, have you, I mean, really the question everyone wants to know, have you ever been running and tweeted? Because you are... No, I don't run with my phone either. What? Yeah. No electronics. It's probably the only time I don't have electronics in my hand. (laughs) How do people keep track of you? Just with a little chip? It's about the only two hours I get where I don't have... uh yeah, you know, you could find me. I do run with a Garmin watch. So I'm sure someone's following me. <laughs> Someone could track you down. Yeah. Um, well, look, I've enjoyed your tweets this week, mostly because of the incident, of course, you know, more than an incident, everything that's going on in Parkland, Florida, yes. with the shooting and the sheriff there, who so far has not resigned. You seem to have very strong feelings, by the way, about that. Uh, I do, actually. I think he should resign. It doesn't seem like he is going to. He seems uh, defiant. Um I, listen, I just think... 
Which, by the way, Scott Israel is his name. He's, Scott Israel, correct. He's come out and he's done several interviews. And I actually just read this morning, CNN now says that there were 45 calls. Yeah, so I think you have to go, if you look at the to- in totality of his department's performance, um, to me, a leader um, who, who's had that many missteps, whether he was directly involved right. or, you know, he claims that, you know, he can only control what he is in, in, in you know, had knowledge of. <clears throat> That's true to a certain degree, certainly as a GM of a TV station, if, you know, we're screwing up technically or something happens, I'm unaware of something makes it on air. Right. God, I hope they don't fire me for that. But if... It's that mistake, another mistake, another mistake. I mean, from the calls to the not following up to what it seems like the deputies did or did not do when they arrived on scene. I know. And frankly, Ty, I think how he's handled the post. It seems like he, he wants to be a celebrity now more than just get getting to the facts. Where's the independent investigation? To me, he should step aside f- for the good of the community. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to. I, I think that, you know, we... I, you don't think, don't you think that public pressure is going to become so much? I don't. I don't. Really? And, and I, I think I think there's two sides of this debate right now, and he is on the gun control side of the debate, and I think that's protecting him to a certain degree with some of the mainstream media. Um, I think if he was uh, an, an RA supporter, right. he'd be getting tons of pressure to get out. Uh, but I think that's protecting him in, in, a, in a in a way. I mean, that's amazing if that guy doesn't resign, because it just seems like... I, and that whole story, I mean, the armed God, guard there, Scott Peterson, well, now Scott who, Peterson, who, you know, allegedly was the first... It was the school resource officer who was outside rather than going inside, is saying that he thought the shots were coming from outside, and then now there's been some reports that he was given a stand-down... Um, order. Order, who gave that... So there just seems to be a lot of blaming going on here rather than getting to what really occurred. What's your opinion on Scott Peterson? I mean, you know, obviously he's either being branded a coward or a lot of people are saying, look, are you going to run in there with a pistol? You know, I mean, but what's your... I have a lot of family members who are law enforcement, and I think, you know, based on things I've said and and tweeted and talked about, uh, I am a big pro police officer, law enforcement advocate. However, that's his job, right? right? So I do think, you know, Donald Trump, you know, came out and said he would have run it, right? And he's getting criticized for right. that. And I think Sarah Sanders handled it very well yesterday. It wasn't, you know, was he, you know, was he, would he really have gone in in terms of, no, but I think he would have tried to do something. Right. Just like, and he did say, he was talking to the governor's, and he said, I think most of you would do the same thing, just like the coach did and right. other students did. You know, people forget, you know, and, you know, I assume it was true because it was, you know, written about. But Trump in 91 um, had a limo, his limo pull over and stopped a mugging. Um, you know, people, He did? I got to read that story. Yeah, true. I mean, true story. Really? Well, as true as, you know. <laughs> Until they prove it. Okay, right, right. right. No, but, and I'm I'm not saying the equivalent of running into uh, where people are getting shot is the same as, you know, getting out of a limo in New York City and telling a guy to stop mugging someone. By no means am I saying that. But, but, But just this, you know, 
Listen, to, to answer your question, if you're if you're that resource officer, you got to do everything you can. I know that's true. I mean, boy, reading that, reading the deputies, and you know the failure by the by them, you know, hearing these shots, not doing it. I mean, it is it's amazing Listen, that someone hasn't been found. Accountable. I will say, I and the reason I say he should resign because sometimes you become the distraction, mm. and I think that's where this is at now. Then I think you need to do the investigation and hold certain deputies accountable if they didn't or who gave certain orders stand down or, or what have you but um, but it doesn't even seem like people are calling for a real detailed investigation not that I've seen yeah that is kind of that's an interesting point why that's not happening kids were killed mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's a good point like we do an investigation on anything <laughs> yeah in, you know in, in, in Washington like let's get to the facts yeah. I mean, I think he's going to have to resign, I think, at some point. I think eventually he'll step down. He'll retire yeah. or... But... Um, I mean, this is kind of off... Not off topic, but does the failure of this Scott Peterson to go in and do anything or, you know, act, not act, does that um, sway your opinion at all? You know, of course, the discussion is now going on of arming certain teachers who want to be armed in schools. Um you know, do you, how does that, listen, is there any I, equation I, I, I for think, you? I, I Listen, and again, <clears throat> I think it's been blown out of proportion. I think if there are certain teachers or uh, staff members at schools who have been trained or have the ability to uh, carry a concealed weapon and potentially protect the school, then I think they should be allowed to do that. Should it be mandated that X percent of teachers should have to be trained? As a way of protecting the school, probably not. Right. I just don't. A, I don't think you're going to find that high of a percentage that want to be. Um, but as one piece of ten other things that could prevent this, to be criticized the way that idea is, right? I, I just I, again, I think it's somewhat politically motivated. Yeah. Um, it's just an idea. Okay, oh. and maybe it doesn't ever come to fruition. Okay, so it was an idea. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're feel, you're saying like basically it doesn't deserve all the kind of insane backlash well, and like shut the, down. Like cer- certain people in the media were media. Well, how are we paying for it? How are we doing? It? Like re- that's what you're asking right now. Right. How, how we're paying for it? Right. That's your main concern. Come on, that's just you know. Yeah, it's yeah. I I understand that, and I didn't really think about the money part of it so much as the part of like. Okay, you know, you see you've got this guy, Scott Peterson, this police officer who's trained, who doesn't act. You know, so even arming a teacher, is that going to really do anything? You know, because clearly whether this guy, whether Peterson was ordered to stand down, whether he had a moment of panic, couldn't act in the moment, you know, I mean. Listen, I don't, I'm not a police officer. I don't, I, I I didn't go into that field because I'm not sure I could do what they do. Yeah. uh, To be honest, I don't, I, you know, but. And again, it's easy for someone to stay, say, oh, I would have done this or that. You don't know. I know. You, you really don't. And, and listen, people make mistakes, too. Right. right. So maybe he did think he was outside and didn't go in. Maybe right. He's being, maybe he's being blamed by the sheriff and thrown under the bus for, for, for the wrong reasons. So... But that's why we need a full investigation. Independent investigation. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting that you're saying that because I, I haven't read... I guess I haven't read anything about that. You're right, that I they mean, are not launching and, one, and which is I strange. It, but I would think the governor of Florida would have the state police or 
some law enforcement agency to do a complete and thorough investigation. Yeah. And maybe they are. I, I, maybe I've just missed that or it hasn't started yet, but... I don't know. I would think that would be... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the other big things that you were talking about, and this is an interesting uh, debate because now the FBI, of course, has been investigating the NCAA yes. and all the um, just crazy and just outright bribery that's happening that, you know, for years they've been paying these players. Um, so, you know, I thought that was basically overall a, an interesting topic in the sense of should these schools just flat out pay these kids uh, to play basketball? Absolutely. I feel very strongly about this. Oh, you do? Yeah, so I th- I think it's first of all I think the NCAA in general Division One NCA right um, it, it maybe the biggest hypocrites on the face of the earth. So in what way? Well, just uh, they make millions and millions of dollars on the, on these athletes' backs, and everyone see, you know there are some people who say well they're getting a free education. That's a you know what? First of all. 20 years ago, maybe, or 25 years right. ago, before the size of TV contracts, school contracts, uh, apparel contracts now, and so forth, that you know, maybe you could justify it that way. No longer. Right. They're making billions of dollars. Coaches are making millions and millions of dollars. And, like, it, to me, it's a job. Right. Like, just pay them to play. So, but at what age would that start then for you? Like the minute they get accepted to a university and should you be able to woo them essentially with money? Because what's happening is these kids are being given cars through agents. I I think it should be somewhat structured. So, for example, an A recruit gets 100,000, a B recruit gets 50,000, a C recruit gets 25. How you determine that, you know, we could figure out. Um, But to not allow them to make money on their... Athletic, a, a, a professional tennis player, Jennifer Cabriotti, I think, won the U.S. Open at 16 years old. Oh wow! Right? You have prof- you have golfers or sw- swimmers can turn professional at 16, 17, 18. But who's? I mean, is, when Jennifer Capriati is doing that at 16, isn't that self-funded? Well, I'm, I'm sure she had sponsors. Okay. Right, but yeah, to a certain degree, it's self-funded. Like your parents are, and, and and also listen, she turned pro. So she did lose her, I'm assuming, this is going back a ways, but I'm assuming she did lose her college eligibility. Okay. I just think the rules, I mean, they, they can't get a meal. They can't do certain, like, are we kidding ourselves here? Like, they can't transfer. So a coach gets, a coach can leave, but they can't. Right. They can't transfer schools. They have to sit out a year. It's just, just arcane rules that... Um, um, I, I think actually have led to what you're seeing now. Hundreds of thousands of dollars being passed around to get recruits. You know, you have agents involved, shoe contractors involved. Oh, I know. It's crazy. And then, of course, now they're like pulling titles from schools or pretending to. Yeah, and that's a joke, too. Okay, so we don't, well, you don't have the national championship from four right. years ago anymore. Like, really? Who can, Like, they won. They know they won. Right, so and you, everyone's so moved on. And everyone's moved on. And I mean, what even happens? Do you have to give back your trophy? They're not giving even back your trophy, right? You're just being... Well, I'm sure they take the trophy down from the school and they can't put up a plaque anymore. And they're not in the record books. But so what? If you're a player, you still won the national championship. In regards to the whole shoe aspect of it, you know, that a lot of these kids um, are either being given gifts, bribes, whatever you want to call it. A lot of them is through shoe agents starting in middle school. You think, is middle school too young to be paying or grooming? I'm a free market guy. Okay. okay. Listen, I think there should be rule. Certain, 
I think there should be some structure of how this happens. But if you if you're 12 years old and you're the best 12 year old basketball player in the country, why shouldn't you make some money on that and still keep your college? The problem is there's no other avenue for these kids right. to make the pros. They have to go through the fake process of being a, a, a student athlete. So they go and they play for one season because it's it's required by the NBA. Right. They pretty much get through the first semester, get through March, and they're gone. They're going to the pros. It's a joke. They're right. not student athletes, and that doesn't mean they're not smart. They couldn't have got that. When I say they're not student athletes, I mean their goal is to play and get to the pros. Right. Not to graduate college at that point. Now maybe an injury or they're just not good enough. Then yes, get your education and 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 so forth. But I listen. If someone offered me what they're, I go. <laughs> As a 13-year-old? I don't think I would have went to, you know, Western Connecticut State <laughs> University. Right. No, it's true. I mean, you pay kid actors, right? You pay a child actor. You pay, you know, any other kid that's I doing... I just think they have to change the whole structure. Like, yeah, it's really crazy. You should be able crazy. to make a certain amount of money on your ability and still play in college. Like, think about this. If you allowed them to make money in other aspects, let's even say an apparel contract. Right. And then still play, you wouldn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to being passed around. Right, but these kids are and and listen, you know, being a lot of them do come from you know in some cases poorer neighborhoods. Right, um, and listen, you know, I don't blame them for taking the money. Yeah, give them the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, all great. right, okay, without... they know the rules, so should they take it? Probably not, but at the same time. Oh yeah, and it seems like none of them were following the rules anyway. You no. know, I know. It's ridiculous. You actually think that there's any change that is going to happen with the NCAA here in the next, let's say, year? Probably. I think it'll be forced now. Really? Yeah. I think football and basketball need to be changed. With this FBI? Yeah, because this really doesn't impact other sports in the NCAA for the most part. It's football, and then I think basketball is because there's 10, 12 players on a team, and one or two players can take you from middle of a conference to winning the national championship. Right. Where football, there's just more that goes into it. I mean, you need 30 recruits, 40 recruits, and, and so forth. So, um, but I'm not saying, I'm assuming it's going on in football as well. You know, I don't know. But. Right. Yeah, I mean, that part isn't highlighted to the extent that you do hear about basketball. See, the sad, the sad thing for me, too, is that, you know, my daughter played four years of Division three college soccer. My son currently plays Division three college soccer. Okay. And I see playing an NCAA sport in college is a great experience. Really? It really is, you know, f- f- for, for them. And, uh, and that's what's missing on this. So right. I just, you know, let them make some money. Let them play for their university. Yeah. The university can make some. The last point on this, everyone's making money. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. Ridiculous. Except the players. Yeah. The people performing. That's un-American. Yeah. Just flat out un-American. Everyone is making money. I I agree. I actually agree with you on this. I think it's it's crazy. And, I mean, I I think middle school is, like, a lot of pressure. I don't know, you know. But by the time you get to high school. Yeah, but okay. But but regardless, right, you're paying kids at some point. Uh, I was thinking of you this week because locally this story kind of got some traction of um, Chief Newsham, the D.C. police chief, um, who has been blocking certain Twitter users who tweet at him negatively. 
things I wanted to get. And, and by the way, Mayor Bowser came out and said that, look, you know, as public um, forums, you know, we should not be allowed to block people because they disagree with us or come after us. So as someone who publicly tweets a lot, do you have you blocked anyone? No. Really? I don't think not so. Yet. Let's wait till we're five episodes in. The question is, have I been blocked? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think you've been blocked from anyone's tweets? I'm sure. Really? No, what do you I'm think? not that bad. But you're a public... Fe- and be- and now, more and more, as you listen, do podcasts I, listen, and TV... If, if I... Listen, I think there's... I think there's... Uh, you know, if, if somebody's tweeting at uh, Chief Newsom or, or Mayor Bowser... Um, negatively or disagreeing with them, they absolutely should not block them. Yeah. You don't really... If if they're being vulgar and nasty and offensive or racist, then they absolutely should have the ability to block them. Okay, but here's my thing. is like Chief Newsham, right? So they have the public um, D.C. police, Mm -hmm. you know, Twitter, right? Okay, I don't think you should be able to block somebody from that. But like Chief Newsham is doing his as, like, the chief. I mean, why can't you blog people? I I don't know why. He's still, he, a fa- he's still the chief. He, when he tweets, he's still... I, when I tweet, I'm still the general manager. So you feel like, <clears throat> you know what, you should not block people. Listen, I'm telling you right now, if I tweeted something very offensive, racist, or something like that, I don't think I'm g- going to convince, you know, my company that, oh, well, wait a second, it wasn't the Fox 5 DC Twitter. It was Patrick Pelley. No. I mean, you, you know who you are. You're a public figure. You have to be smart about it. People make mistakes, too. I'm not saying that you, right. you tweet out something, you know, you don't think, you know, that, I'm not saying people should be fired. I'm just saying right. that, but if you're vulgar and nasty and and threatening, you absolutely should have a right to block somebody, even as a public figure. I think, listen, Fox 5 DC. Yeah, um, what we, do we do? We've blocked people. Really? Yeah. You have. What does it take to get blocked by well, Fox? You, I mean, you have to be pretty offensive, and I mean, if you're threatening or you I'm know. good. I think you should. I mean, I feel like there's it, no place for that. So we, I agree. We don't need to tolerate that, and nor does nor does the chief or the mayor. I agree. Well, um, she's basically not backing. But, she's saying he he shouldn't be able to block people. I, you know what? I don't I don't know the tweet you're referring to specifically. What was said? I'd be you know if if it. If it was just disagreeing or, hey, you know, the D.C. police should be doing X, Y, and Z and they're not, well, then he shouldn't be blocking them for that. Right. Actually, he should be engaging them. Yeah, exactly. But, I, I mean, I don't... I don't. No, you. You. I mean, look, you're yeah. not missing much. I mean, this. This basically, the post did this story on this one guy who really. I mean, the guy clearly doesn't like the the chief and goes after him daily on various points. I mean, then he probably shouldn't block them if he's not being offensive or racist or vulgar or anything like that, then he probably should just let it go. Don't respond and... Yeah, right. I know. It is a tough one. It's a tough one. Oh, now we know that people get blocked. Do you block anybody? Um, I haven't blocked anyone for a long time, I don't think. No, I I don't really care because... You might be blocked by Facebook later today with that bikini (laughs) wax. Yes, that's true. Yes, I might. Yeah, I don't really have to worry about blocking anyone. I think it is more people blocking me. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a side note, by the way. I'm not going to, like, fully get bikini waxed on Facebook. But just, like... Is that false advertising yet? <laughs> a little bit, you know? I'll I'll show you, like, the after product parts. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Sarah Frazier. You can follow along <laughs> later today. Uh, you guys are launching a new show. We are. Called, what is it called? 
It's called Fox Fives, like it or not. Like it or not. Okay, so what's really, the... It, so it's really a test. Okay. Um, it's uh, going to air this Friday, uh, okay. March 2nd, for the first time at 10.30 p.m. It's, um, it's a show... Um, it's a week in review show, you know, the, the top trending stories, uh, touching topics from pop culture, uh, political, entertainment, um, and then just some stories that we like that either went viral or we feel we should talk about. When I say we, not me, I'm not on the show. <laughs> so I was going to say, is this <coughs> no, your other no, gig? No. All right. We don't want to cancel it after uh, the first <laughs> episode. So it's um, Britt McHenry, former ESPN uh, reporter, uh, Bram Weinstein, former ESPN okay. Sports Center host, and currently he uh, has a midday show on uh, 980, okay. uh, the local radio station here. And uh, Guy Lambert, who is on WPGC, has his own show yeah. and um, has filled in for us in, in some other capacities. Longtime radio TV personality. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we, you know, we kind of got them together at, and kind of stumbled upon the three of them. Had done various things for us, and um, and we started putting them together and see what the chemistry was, and it was terrific. So um, all three outspoken. Completely different political <laughs> views. Um, I bet, and and, um, and different views on a lot of subjects. Uh, it's not going to be a screaming match or anything like that. It's, um, but it, I think it's going to be really engaging. And you know, <clears throat> the, the struggle for for a general manager, certainly in the local side, is finding um, engaging content. Right. You know, ongoing engaging content. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> and you know. Without getting too myopic on on the industry, there's a lack of syndicated programming out there. Um, so we have to create our own our own shows right. and our own stuff. And you know, just like the reason you're here, uh, you know, right? Th- you know, three four days a week. I mean, who else is going to get bikini wax oh, that you and, got? And, you know, and, and people like Paul Wharton and others yeah. who who just bring a different perspective and and maybe not be able to be here five days a week as an anchor reporter or, or right. You know, sort of, um, Plus, it allows us to reach out to their viewers who may or may not watch us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think people are going to like the show. It's, um, I mean, it's not revolutionary by any means. But I think the three of them combined, um, so far, what we've seen, we re- we really really like it. And this, I feel like this is the first kind of aside from Final Five. This is sort of the first kind of standalone show. You guys have launched in a while, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you can't. It takes a while. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're not, not like a, we're two not, practices, and yeah, you're good. You know, I don't have a production arm, you know, staff, and no. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it takes a little time. The final five, I think, is the, certainly the last one. The five at six thirty, which is somewhat more of a traditional new show, but that, yeah, that's a good one too. It's a little different, I like that. you know. So you know, when I got here. In 2013, we did about 51 hours of local news. Wow. We're approaching 72 hours. Damn. So, and when I say, so that that's a combination of news, the final five, a show like this, and some other things that we've done. So, uh, Are you getting closer to, like, 24-hour local news? Uh, I would love to. Really? Yeah. You would? I mean, you need the staff and the resources to do that. But wow. I just think you have to be... All right, well, we're getting like 30 minutes right here. This is going to be a show. Let's go. It will be a great <laughs> I mean, show. On you. You got the, you got the, 
I need good lighting. Can I negotiate my own contract? <laughs> Absolutely. You're negotiating <laughs> with me? Okay. No problem. What do you want? No worries. I, you know, I should be I need good lighting. This Botox has got to hold up. You know what's sad? Not, not I should show up on everyone. I should just do like pop-ups on our shows. Yes. Like why fi- not? Find Waldo. Find Patrick. Where, like, where is he in the show? There you are in the back of the studio. <laughs> No, we got it. This we're working the kinks out, and this has got to be a show. As you move to twenty-four hour local, I news. think so. You think that's where the industry is headed? Like overall, I don't, I don't locally? know about twenty-four, but I think I think you have to be on more than you're not on. Really? Yeah. Plus, I think a lot of it, and you know, I have a lot of you know. We, listen, there's been some tremendous syndicated shows. Like we have Wendy, The Real, yeah, they, yeah, those and are other really networks, good. and you know, Ellen, and so I mean, listen, very good shows. However, there's not enough of those. So some of the stuff that has come out has you know, come out with big production budgets, and, and, and frankly, it's, it's not done well enough. They don't attract and the viewers. we have, I believe, the most engaging talent in the market by far. Yeah. And I'm not just, uh, I, well. You do. They, I you're tru- great people. I truly, truly believe that. So I could put, like we, when we expand at 10 to 11 in the morning with Good Day, it's the number one show every day at 10 o'clock. That's amazing. Because we have good, you know, it, it's engaging. It's good people. They talk about all kinds of topics. Um, I do think the the one good thing about this show that we're going to do on Friday, it's going to touch a wide range of n- like national type topics, and not. Yeah. And that's going to be interesting because those guys are kind of sports. Um, or when I think of Brit, and I, you know, what I mean, I think more sports. So that will be. Although she's very politically, you know, she's, she's got she's good well, points and, of view and too. And I so. think Brand too. So. <clears throat> Listen, I think I think it's more the the radio side too. I think people who have done radio, and I'm not just saying this because Sarah you oh, did yeah, radio, we'll <laughs> but no, I think they they know how to talk to the audience. They have to right. talk for two hours, three hours, engage callers, um, non scripted in many cases, and I think that's what audiences want now: more non scripted news and information, but fair, not. Like in your face, yelling, screaming. I think. Um, yeah. I don't think people want that, right? I think that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you got to have the likability factor, and yeah, I think like you're saying, fair, a little bit open-minded. Ours is going to be the happy hour show, four to five o'clock. We're going to lead into five o'clock. We got to drink some craft beer when we, we do are, our show. Please, we're doing it. We're looking for a sponsor. Um, I need, you know, we should do each segment should be after one beer. Two beers and three beers. <laughs> no. We break down the segments. Hey. Are you a beer drinker or wine Yes, drink? I'm becoming a beer drinker. I had been a wine uh, drinker, and I grew up drinking like Rolling Rock and just the worst beer. At like beer. what age? Five, six? <laughs> Close. 14, 15. Yeah. Oh, not good. I, I grew up in Maine in the sticks. You know, you had a pit party yeah, every weekend. You're allowed. Yeah, exactly. The drinking age is what? 12 up there? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. But drinking like Rock Gut, like the worst of the worst beer. Okay, so no, I grew up drinking Schlitz. Oh God, That's is the, that like Natty Ice, like that bad? Oh, it makes Natty Ice look like you oh, know, Heineken. The worst. Oh, no, Rolling Rock's not. Terrible Rolling too. Rock's not that bad. Oh, Patrick, come on! After you have a good craft beer oh, okay. and you go back but when to you're that, fourteen, Rolling Rock was. I mean, <laughs> well, when you're fourteen, anything. I was drinking Boone's Farm. <laughs> Colt 45, <laughs> whatever, when you're that age. But then you grow up and you're like, oh, no, we're drinking good craft beer on this show. What do you like? Maine has some great, I think Maine has some great breweries yeah. out there. Portland has some fantastic. Yeah, stuff. they're getting some really good ones. Maryland, I, mean, I love, I mean, listen, we have Burley Oak, RAR, I mean, 
we have some great local breweries around here. I so, love it. Uh, We're making this happen. Good lighting, the craft pro- beer. Quick, the problem with craft IPA, the, the calories tend to... Uh, Get up there pretty fast. We're gonna run it off tomorrow. Who cares? You should have a, a running. I, you know what? The first name I said to you, running your mouth. We're running your mouth. We can call. Let's call does it running have, your does mouth. Does that have too negative a connotation? We need people to tweet us and let us know. What is your Twitter handle, by the? Okay, so running your mouth. That could potentially, we're still sort of, at the start of this show, we said, it's a GM's view. Now now we're changing by the end. We don't have a name yet. You could could tweet me at PatrickGMFox5DC. Okay, Patrick, so it's at PatrickGMFox5DC. That is Patrick Polini's uh, Twitter. Get on there. Let us know the name that you like. You can follow me on Twitter, at HeyFrage. We also love your suggestions on topics that we should discuss. Are we going to create the Facebook and yes, we've got a Facebook group coming. We were just sort of trying to settle on the name for the show. <laughs> we're back up in the air. So I know. Uh, we had a name, and now maybe running we don't his have mouth a name. is good. But do you think it has too much GM, of a negative? GM runs his mouth. Yeah, I'm only concerned. Like you know, it's, that has a negative connotation. But maybe in this context, it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, we're fun. Once people tune in, they'll realize yeah, right. the madness. Um, okay, look, we love that you guys follow. Thank you for listening to the podcast for our episode two, um, and we'll see you guys next week. Sounds great.